0: Welcome everybody to today's Two Saints show with myself Mark C, and my co-host Mark H. How you doing, Mark?
1: Yes, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. I mean, obviously, doing a lot better than some of our saints' supporting fraternity. Um, oh yes. I mean, you know, all, all, all I want to say, Mark, is is people, let's not start panicking just yet. In fact, in fact, let's not start panicking. For a little while, okay. You know, let's try and get some of our injured players back and then see where we'll go from there. But in the meantime, I hope that everybody's keeping safe and well and looking after each other.
0: Yep, tight, yeah, I sentiments, Mark. Absolutely. And as Mark says, let's not let's not press the panic button yet. Whereas no. <laughs> Or as used to be famously said in Dad's Army, don't panic. So the two Saints email address is the Two Saints podcast show at Outlook.com. You can contact us about the radio show or the podcast on that email. And also the ways to listen to the radio show are tune in every Thursday one two. 3pm on Fiesta 95FM in Southampton and listen to myself and Mark H's dulcet tones and also via um, online via box.com loads of ways to access the show so coming up for you in the first half today the Two Saints review of Everton 1 Saints nil and Saints Club News it's the Two Marks C&H on the on Two Saints Saint show. show Fiesta 95FM yes. right welcome back and the Two Saints review of Everton 1 Saints nil. Saints edged out by Everton. Hassan Hu on Southampton's lack of punch. Bednarek, we have to dig deep. Um, yes, Jan, that's definitely not Sherlock doing his homework, but you're right, you do have to dig deep. Ralph is absolutely right. We do have a lack of punch up front at the moment. And, yeah, we were, were edged out by Everton. Um, I didn't think it was an overly bad performance, Mark, but I don't think it was an outstanding one either. And the lack of cutting edge certainly bit us on the backside, didn't it, again? Yeah, I mean,
1: like there was a few poor performances I mean you know I could go to town on one certain individual but the thing is is collectively there was probably a few poor performances yep. got, to be, got to be honest you know you and I watched it on a watch along yep. and the person that we were watching it with was champion the and yep. I actually managed to watch Extended highlights, and he didn't actually do that bad compared to some no. of the people that were playing in their, let's say, yeah. "quote unquote" yeah. natural positions. Um, I mean, all, all of all I would say is I felt that Salah struggled a bit. Yeah, uh, a guard struggled, and yeah. and I think it shows them both both their stats. Yeah, uh, Nathan Redmond You know, you you've got to say and much as he did the pass for the goal at Chelsea. You know, the last two games he struggled in terms of giving the ball away to the opposition, yeah. actually passing it to him. Um, oh, absolutely. And, yeah, it was it was a bit of a itsy-bitsy performance. I, I didn't actually fe- feel that we came on strong until the last 10, 15, well, 10
0: 10 minutes plus injury time of the game. Yeah, it, was, it was strange, wasn't it? Because it's almost as though the players just got a sudden gust of wind up behind them yeah. and just suddenly decided, oh, we're going to go for it now. And you sat there scratching your head going, well, where was this for the, the last 90 minutes? Yeah. You know, we'd have one shot on target in 70 minutes and you sat there scratching your head going, why have they suddenly just put their foot on the gas almost, wasn't it?
1: It was. It was definitely. A, it was definitely a Beatles or a or a U two helter skelter, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, for the last for the last ten minutes. But the yep. thing is, is where where that where that wake up call came from? I don't know because I it was lying dormant for the first yep. eighty minutes of the game, you know,
0: and the all almost is that is to be a realization. We need to try and get something from this game. Yeah, it was almost as I it was almost, um, I wouldn't say it was a blind panic, it was almost as though a panic sat in, or somebody sort of rang a bell on the sideline going, right, you know, now's the time now, Let's push push on for the last 10 minutes, you know, and you sat there, as I said, you sat there scratching your head, weren't you, thinking, where was this team for the last sort of night? If we'd played the 90 minutes the way we played the last 10, we might have got a result mark, to be fair. Yeah, no, that, that, that,
1: that's true, man, but then, but then I agree with Ralph. I mean, you know, uh, he was talking after the game about... Again, situations and yeah. creating, chance, creating yeah. chances and, you know, being in the moment to take those yeah. chances. And even, I think we only really created two, although we yeah. only had one, I believe, on goal that you said. But obviously there was the guard chance right towards the air. Uh, Eighty nine minutes. There was the Dali Ings opportunity, which was earlier on, which I think he blazed high wide and handsome. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, that that was kind of a difficult one to take because I didn't necessarily think that Everton were 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 great. You know, bearing yeah. in mind that they were coming off of the back of beating, you know, their their cross city rivals and Absolutely. everything else. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, 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 you know, in hindsight, going into the game, I would have, I would have taken a one 0 defeat probably because of our record at Everton. But after watching the game and sort of seeing how strong we sort of came on in the last ten minutes, I thought to myself, well, there were oppor- you know, there was an opportunity there to get something from the game, but again, we didn't grasp it. You know, and yeah. the other the other thing that I would have to say as well, in, in all honesty, is that um for for me going forward, I, I I don't think I wanna see certainly I don't think I wanna see Ram Bertram sign a new contract. No. I've no. changed my mind about that. Yep. And and also what what I think is more worrying for me is is that Shea Adams And and I'm an advocate, and I still will be an advocate of him, but he was fairly anonymous on
0: Monday night for me. Yeah, no, I'm Ryan Bertrand, I think. it's it's ironic as well because both him and Danny Ingsmark it's interesting i picked up on this a little bit so Ryan and Danny still not signed new contracts which the club have given them they're both apparently happy to stay I've got to be honest their body language at the moment I'm not saying they're not making any effort whatsoever but their body language their body language at the moment isn't telling me they're 100% on it It's not telling me they're 100% at the races for whatever reason. It may be they're feeling tired or whatever. It may be they're feeling that their fitness is suffering, whatever. I don't really want to hear about that. From my point of view, watching it as a fan, their body language isn't telling me they're both fully up for the fight at the moment. And I'm not saying a relegation fight because God forbid I should use those words. Everyone's in meltdown already over that. You know, a little bit of realism, everybody. I'd defy anybody to do any better than what Ralph Hassan, who's done with all the injuries and all the decisions that have gone against us and key players being out and whatever. I think he's done an absolute miracle, to be fair. But you do have to be accountable for your mistakes. And I think the players are the same. Players have to be held accountable for their mistakes. And for me at the moment, Ings and Bertrand are not 100% on it for whatever reason. And that's not good enough. I mean, I think, Danny Ings If you want to move To another club If you're Danny Ings The only way you're Going to get that Is to play at the level You were playing at before You need to get that Level back Danny Because mm-hmm. you're not Getting to move elsewhere If you don't not to the, a big club anyway the, the perception
1: It's all about perception the, This is what the problem Is for me The yep. perception Rightly or wrongly and, the, and this is how I see it, is, is It's because, all about perception Because they're not Committed to the club Right and they, like you say, I'm not calling their professionalism in the question, like, right? Like I'm sure they go out and they do what they can. But yep. because they haven't signed the contracts, you know, is there a little bit of, I don't know, holding back in reserve? Yeah. Because, because I wouldn't say Danny Ings, actually, to be fair to Danny Ings, he doesn't look like he's coached them three games. Right. No, I wouldn't right, say that. Right from sometimes I think, again, not coasting through games, nope. but there is, I mean, there, really,
0: is the, there is the school of thought of playing within yourself, Mark, right? I would playing say. Playing within yourself. I would say, when I, when I look at it at the moment and watch the game, okay, Danny Ings is still putting himself around. He's still trying to close people down, but I would say Danny Ings at the moment is 90%. He's at about 90%. He's not at hundred. He's at about ninety percent. Ryan Bertrand at the moment is at about seventy-five. Ryan's playing at about seventy-five percent of what he's capable of. Danny Ings for me about ninety percent because he is putting run. He is making runs. He is putting the effort in to a degree, but I think it, think it's only about ninety percent. And unfortunately, I mean Danny Ings last season project restart when he was hundred percent. Yeah, that extra ten percent is a big difference with a player like Danny Ings. That ten percent more is is massive. Oh, With Ryan yeah. Bertrand, it's definitely an issue as well because he plays in a position where if you're not playing at hundred percent and you come up against a really strong opponent, you're gonna have a problem. And if you're Ryan Bertrand at Miami and you're playing at seventy five percent, greatest respect to him, you're gonna get found out. And he's been getting found out in the last few games. Yeah.
1: And the, the only the only other thing that I wanted to throw into the mix, because we we will touch on this actually later on the show. Yeah. we we'll covered the I think it's the Saints and the press, right? But I I just want to point this out. I mean, the thing is, I was looking at something the other day and Saints are actually in the top three for injuries this season, right? Yeah, staggering. I think top was Liverpool, then us, or it might be Liverpool, Leicester then us, but the, the top three anyway were Liverpool, Leicester and us. And the thing is, is like, I look at Liverpool, they can absorb absorb the injuries yep. because sure. of the size of squad that yep. they have. And this is what I'm coming on to in a minute. Yep.
0: Yep. Right? Well, um, not only that, Mark, as well, they've also got more quality.
1: Le- Le- yes, Leicester can also do that because because they have owners that
0: invest in their... And again, and again, they have quality.
1: Yeah, right. Now but obviously with Saints it impacts on us and all that there and, yep. and sometimes whenever certain parts of our fan base are are losing it because, you know, we aren't where we were at the start, you know, um, eight games into the season when we are top of the table or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, don't don't get me wrong, right? You know, it's important to recognise that we lost six games on the spin and that was, you know, that was a club historical record and we don't want to do that again, you six (laughs) games on the spin but, but, I mean, all all I would say is there's mitigating circumstances and you have to take that on board and allow them to come back but the other thing that I'm just going to touch on very quickly and as I say we're going to be covered in a little bit in, in the press is that as far as the as far as the depth of squads concerned, there's been a lot spoken about this in the sense that Ralph uh, allegedly asked for a smaller squad because he didn't want a big squad because it meant unhappy players, right? And it, having a smaller squad meant that he could work one on one, right? But I mean, even he has said, right, that. You know, when it comes to the big games, right, he's reliant on experienced players. He doesn't want to throw kids into the into the fire, right? Now and and this is something that he spoke about the other week, a couple of weeks ago even, right? And and it was misinterpreted in the same way that yeah. it was misinterpreted that he said he wanted a small squad. I yeah. think because part of that small squad statement was also appeasing the people who are running the football yep. club, because the club is not a wash with money, right? Yep. And he yep. and he knows he knows that even if he wanted to have a bigger squad,
0: financially we don't have the money to do it. Well, for me, it, oh, I've, I've, been, I've been championing this, Mark. I've been championing this right down the line from day one, saying Ralph's been misquoted on this, misunderstood on it. Nobody understood where he's coming from. I've heard people absolutely battering him, saying, oh, well, you know, careful what you wish for, Ralph. You wanted a small squad. But I've made this point from day one. Ralph Hassan, who wanted a squad of 18 to 20 players with quality he didn't want a smaller yes. squad with no quality yeah. devoid of quality full of youngsters he wanted a squad with quality but a smaller squad to enable him to work one-to-one players and look at the players that have played under him that he's coached one-to-one and i tell you something now they've all improved War prowse has improved yes. Yes. Vested- the guard has improved. Bednarek has improved. So many players in that team that have improved under Ralph who's tutelage because he's been able to give them one to one. Carl Walker Peters, fantastic impact he's made. Ralph's changed him as a player, definitely. He's a far better player than he was at Tottenham. And he was a good player at Tottenham. Yeah. And the proof's in the pudding ralph has been absolutely berating for wanting a smaller squad. He wanted a smaller squad, people, with quality, not a smaller squad devoid of it. And if you look at the Saints squad as a whole, there's probably three, four players at the most that are top quality, the rest of them aren't. And that's the issue. And if you add into that, all the injuries we've had, poor results, bad officiating, all sorts of different scenarios and different situations. And you're right, Mark, third or fourth in the table for the most injuries this season. I defy anybody to do the job anywhere nearly to what Ralph Hasenutel's done. The man is um, outstanding given what he's done under the circumstances. With both hands tied behind his back, give him some credit, people, and stick by him. Getting rid of the manager at the moment is not the solution. Leave the guy alone. It's not his. It's not Ralph. Ralph's not the problem. There's, there's, the other thing is, is what uh,
1: Mark and I, you know, I'll finish on this point. Yep. Uh, who, there is nobody else out there currently available yep. that could replace yep. him. So you, yep. we can't even have that discussion. You know, that, that's not
0: even a discussion. It's not only that. People are saying, get this person in, get that person in, get Benitez in, get this manager in, get that man- Right, we need a manager that's not currently working, or we need a manager that's not currently with a club, okay? And we need a manager that's not going to cost us any money. Because well, if well, Ralph well, goes, well, if they decide to sack Ralph, they've got to pay off his contract. Saints have well, no money, people. Without any money, you're not going to get another manager in, and you're not going to pay Ralph off. Ralph ain't going anywhere. All I want to say, Mark, is this, right? Yep. A very famous
1: country and western singer used to sing the words "Stand by your man." Do do do. You know what I mean? And that's what Saints need to do at the moment. Saints supporters, I'm sure the board are really still behind them. You know. I mean, the, people are trying to make news articles out of things, right? So yep. I was reading one yes yesterday, right, where you know, uh, Matt Latos was asked to comment on the futures, on the future of Ralph, right? And he just turned around and said, "As far as I'm concerned, you know, I haven't heard anything coming
0: out of the club." Yep. And I just sort of sit there and I think. It's not even an article, is it? It's not even the a thing news thing article. Is, people respect Matt Letizia. People that follow Saints respect Matt Letizia, Mark. Quite a lot of them do anyway, OK? He himself said, Ralph's done a great job under the circumstances with no investment and no funds for buying players. Matt Letizia himself said that. Now, if he's saying it, there's got to be some element of truth to it. The guy played the game. He knows enough about All the right, football mate. club. He's close enough about to the football club to know about it. You know, he's an ambassador for the Saints Foundation, etc. So, yeah, I I happen to think on this occasion, sometimes Matt says stuff off the pitch, you know, not playing anymore. He says stuff sometimes that's a bit, oh, you raise a bit of an eyebrow and think, Matt, just don't say that. (laughs) But when it comes to the football side of things in Southampton Football Club, a lot of the time he does talk sense when it comes to situations like going on at the moment. So, yeah, I agree with him on that one. Stand by your man, absolutely right, Mark. Ralph's the man, he's not the problem. Look at other, other issues going on at the club, because that's where the issue lies. And for me, it's a psychological issue. It's the mentality of the players. They're very fragile, and they're very brittle. And the second we go behind, they just can't hack the pressure. That's what I think. Anyway, that moves us on to the next section after we take a break. It's Mark C and Mark H. Mark my word, they're here with everything in the Two Saints Show. Right, welcome back, everybody. Saints club news report: Saints one, Man United two. Ramayu ruled out for it's Premier League two report. Sorry, Saints one, Man United two. ruled out for the remainder of the season. Oh, that's a big blow? Ramsey signs two-year extension. Ings wins sports bet in goal of the month. Sportsbet.io goal of the month. Mindful, I misread that. Uh, report blow for Southampton youngsters as injury news emerges and all in this together. Hassan Huw and Spacey Cow confirmed for the Southampton FC Foundation event. All in this together. So starting with the Premier League two report. Saints one, Man United two. Mark. Um, narrow defeat, but another defeat. Off yeah. we're saying it again, aren't we? Every week we're saying, isn't it? Mate? <laughs> A narrow defeat at home <laughs> uh, again. I've got, I've got an
1: analogy for you, my Believe it or not, right? so, so. Both both Manchester United and Southampton came up in the same season. Yep. So it was. Forgive me because I'm losing track of time. It was the 1819 season when we came back up the uh, Premier League two. And obviously last season there was no promotion, no relegation. Yep. Right. And all, and it would it would seem to me that while Manchester United have been able to push on in Premier League 2 we've sort of stayed at the level that we've been at from basically since we've been there Um, and, and I have to say that even though we're talking earlier in the season about Ralph going you know and speaking to the players on the pitch and saying to them there is a pathway you know if you're playing well enough you know I mean, there may be a few individuals that are playing well. We don't know because we're in the middle of lockdown and I can't go and see the games,
0: unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd be reporting back to you every five minutes. Uh, I will point out, Mark, before we go much further, just so everyone listening obviously wouldn't know about the game, wouldn't know about the background of it or anything like that. Just a little bit of background for yourself as well. <laughs> the Saints side actually got younger again this week. Okay. Because of, obviously, people getting called up and dropping out and whatever. So, actually, they were a younger team this week as well, because they had Will Tizard and Seamus Keogh came in, and Alan Chapchet and Caleb Watts both dropped out. But I think they were both involved with the first team. So, obviously, that's why they dropped out. So, obviously, they brought some younger players in. So, it was a younger team than the week before, but even so. I
1: mean, we're talking about the under twenty three, in our essence, the B team, right? You're talking about eighteen year olds dropping out to go and play know, for the first, or or be involved in the first I team I squad. And we're promoting people that are 17, 16. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. They're sixteen yeah. years of yeah. age it's playing the under twenty-three level. Yep. Yep. You know, know that, that if anything shows you that there's a there is a, a distinct lack of any yeah, sort absolutely. of squad depth right. and quality. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, but there you can. Hundred look, look, I'm sure. Yeah, that's why I raised it. Yeah, I'm sure the B. I'm sure the B team put up a battle in performance. But yeah. as I say to you, Mark, you, if you're going irrespective of Ralph giving the rousing speech and going on the pitch and saying to the players, there's a pathway. But like I keep saying to you, it's it's all right, maybe and you might be able to single out one or two individuals, but but on the whole, if you're losing games of football and you're bringing those players in the, in the R squad, our first-team squad, that are also losing games of football, we're not winning at the minute. Yeah, exactly. You know, how, how, are they, how, how is a young individual who's come from the B team that are struggling to win games, yeah. right? And he's going into the first team squad at the moment. That are struggling to win games. It's we're not we're not winning
0: anywhere here. Well, the, the thing is, as well, if if players are getting call ups and they're playing well and they're not featuring in the next game, it's going to have an impact. Like Nathan Teller, okay, came on in the previous game before the Everton game, a yeah. good game. Doesn't even feature in the next game. Can't be good for your confidence. Alexander Yankovic comes on against Man United. Okay, makes a massive error, gets himself sent off. He's not even on for like a minute. I get that, but, what, you're just not going to give him another chance now, Ralph, just based on that? You had a rush of blood in a game against Man United of all the teams. What, are you not going to involve him now? So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do look at that and think, look, I'm not criticising Ralph for doing that, but, yeah, I get why he did it, but is it any good for a young player's confidence when you bring them in and then you don't play them if they play well? I get, okay, I get, if they don't play well, get. but it's a little bit like you think about when Theo Walcott well, Went to the World Cup at whatever age he was, wasn't ready. But because he didn't play, it had a massive impact on the rest of his career, didn't it? Right,
1: right. listen, Mark. Right, I, I agree with some of the sentiment of what you just said. Okay, but to be to be fair, right, I get the I get the Nathan Tellers thing. Okay, yeah. but realistically, on Monday night, on Monday night, would I have played him or Jankovic? No, I wouldn't. I would have went with experience, and this is what Ralph has been talking yeah. about recently, where I, no, I, I, do, I, do, I do believe that given the current state that we are in, yeah. we need to go with the experience, as much experience as we can muster in the first 11. Um, yeah. And, and the really other thing that. is, is you know, in the current climate, I, I'm not saying that Yankovich's career at Saints is over, but in the current climate at the moment, you can't give somebody an opportunity that lost their head 73 seconds no, 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 I mean, no, no. How, how the many of days? us I mean I've, I've got to be honest about this one Mark Right? How many of us would have been sat there on Monday night with the prayer mat suit saying
0: please get the 74 <laughs> seconds at least I'll feel slightly more reassured <laughs> No, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on that I'm just making the point If you bring young players in And you don't play them It has a negative effect on them You know People People complaining Saying Oh we sent Vokins out of line, We sent Jan Valery out on line. Guess what everyone They're not playing That tells you something If they can't get in a championship team Or a league one Or a league two team Does that not tell you They're not good enough For the Premier League uh, uh, You know I proof mean, in the, the, thing,
1: the thing is, is Jan Valery is good enough But he needs But he needs To hold his confidence back up Right Jake Vogel's one is definitely worrying because is he yeah. is he good at? I mean, if he if he is not getting even into the matchday squad for Sunderland, right? The alarm bells ring with be in terms of you know yeah. how, how is he perceived as being good enough for the Premier League? I get I get that teams yeah. small to play him when we're playing FA Cup or. Yep. League Cup yep. games against lower opposition. Yep. I get that. Yep. But he's gone to Sunderland in yep. League One. And he, he should be playing more. I wouldn't
0: say he starts every yep, game. Really. Surely he must be getting a look in somewhere. Okay. The well, no. I think there are far more worrying things that are going to be developing at Saints as well. Because uh, guess what, people? Summer's coming. And guess who's coming back? Yeah, you out of here first. We're going to be stuck with will to who again?
1: I'm glad you didn't <laughs> mention make a lot of fame,
0: eh? <laughs> Oh, not even going there. Right. Kane Ramsey has signed a new two-year contract extension and in celebration of that, he managed to not get picked for the first team. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Kane Ramsey, a, a right-back, so a full-back, somebody who plays naturally at right-back, could have played against Everton, signs a new two-year contract extension. I'm, I'm seeing the funny side of this, Mark, Okay. Signs yeah. a new con to your contract extension. Can't play for the first team because oh. quite clearly he's not ready for the Premier League yet. I have to, I have to be honest and say he can write it. Can do. Yeah.
1: When when Saints offer players contracts, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that there must be some consultation with Ralph. Surely there must be if you're in the B team if you're in the B team, surely there's a consultation with the first team manager, and he then turns around and would oh. make some sort of approval rather than people in grey suits what, turning around and saying well, we're, a bit, me, we're a bit short here, we might as yep. well sign them on for another two years. What, what it's a cost is, what, of what, a, you know, It's yeah, a cost-effective yep. exercise, because right. what you what you got to ask yourself, Mark, is this, right, is Our Saints just basically saying, we'll sign Aaron Ramsey on, right? Because we're not looking to have anybody as a number two that's going to challenge Kyle Walker-Peters for next season. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, is, I'm I'm pleased for Kane because Kane's pleased that he signed a new contract and I get all that. But But seriously, in two years' time... You know, I don't know how long this pod, you know, this short podcast is going to last, right? But <laughs> in two years' time, I have a funny feeling that we're going to be sat here, right? And his yep. contract's going to be up again. And will he have progressed in those two years? And those are well, the questions
0: the question. that you need to be yeah. asking yourself. Awesome. But the thing is, you Mark, get these people to sign new if, contracts. The other thing is, if there's no consultation with Ralph over this, okay. That means it rests squarely at the feet of Matt Crocker. Okay. Now, if things are resting fairly at, squarely at the feet of Matt Crocker, if Ralph's not having input, yeah. then no offense to Matt Crocker, he's got a lot of answer for. Because if it's not falling at Ralph's feet, it's falling squarely at his. Being oh, he's oh, the director of football operations now. Yeah. All it,
1: all which is the director
0: me, of football, whichever way you look at it, really.
1: All I'm all I'm saying is is okay, fair enough. We send a new contract. But let's see how he progresses, you know, over the next two years. But if he doesn't progress, yep. Mark, you know, there'll be an element to me that will be slightly angry because I'll be sat there yeah, and I'll too. be going, all, all we're doing is putting polyfiller where there's a gap because yep. by him signing a new contract, it gives sense the excuse of we don't need to go out and, and get somebody who's going to push Kyle Walker-Peters. Right, you yeah. know, and we'll come on to stuff like that in the, in the, yeah. the, you know, the Saints transfer news or I
0: transfer shoot. gossip and that. So. Moving on to the next story. Danny Ings has won the Sportsbet.io Goal of the Month Award for January. We're well, in difficult because it's the only goal Saints has scored since January because it was obviously in the 1-0 win over Liverpool. It's <laughs> not really difficult to vote for anyone else, is it? We've scored since. Well, who, who were the other contenders? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, who? There must have been other
1: right, contenders. So who were the other yeah. contenders? Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong and James Ward-Prowse. Okay. Alright, fair enough, fair enough. To be fair to Danny though, I mean, you're right to say what girl. you say. It. don't get me wrong, you're right to say what you say. but let, let's be fair to Danny
0: Ings. it was a fairly yeah. nifty finish. It was a good goal. It was a great goal, to be fair. Yeah. No, we both were we both were watching the game when he did it, and it's just the fact he knew exactly where the goal was. Didn't he look brilliant? Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and that, that's what he's he,
1: that's what he's great at. That's why I loved that yeah. goal last season at Everton, yeah. where the oh. ball's at his feet and he, he
0: knows instinctively yeah. even though he's not touching the ball where the ball is. Oh, and there was one against Tottenham Monday last season at home, I think it was Letizia S pulled the ball down. Sort of chipped it over all Alderweireau around, smashed it in with his other foot. Missed well, it as well, a bit like Letizia would have done. So, it's quite a good goal too. i tell you what,
1: you'll be talking about that goal to me when we're in the I retirement.
0: Course, will. It's a bit like your, your yeah, we, Vancouver weight caps. Well, I probably will be Mark, because to be fair, we might not get many more highlights out of Danny Ings, to be fair. <laughs> That's true, man. <laughs> Come That's on, true. Danny. Prove me wrong, please. Please prove me wrong. So, anyway, moving on. Um, more bad news Callum Slattery could be out until April with ligament damage well he's not even playing anyway so it's not like <laughs> that's going to make a lot of difference <laughs> 10 yeah brilliant to be, to be another for, a a for well, it's not a blow. he's not even playing <laughs> to be fair <laughs> he wasn't even playing when he was fit <laughs> to be fair I've s- I sat
1: there and read it and I thought to myself well he's not <laughs> playing for Saints <laughs> at the minute what little odds is it like you know but, but, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, obviously, you, look leg, got, you can write it could you? in all seriousness, though. No Mark, I mean, yeah. like you know, you and I both know that ligament damage can be quite serious. So, oh, you know, on yeah. on the flip side of that, let's hope that you know it's a speedy reco- recovery. And normally, if he's yeah. at the club, also remember
0: that he is the captain of the of B the team, yeah. you know, yes, yeah, so, I. Uh, hoping that Callum Slattery and Will Smallbone, who's obviously got an ACL injury as well. Yeah. So we're hoping them recover from their ligament injuries, mate, full return to full fitness and, and get them to play for Saints. Because, um, yeah, I, I'm making light of it a little bit, but it's because the injury situ- situation is so horrific, isn't it? I mean, Remay's out, Smallbone's out, Slattery's out, this plays out, that plays out. The good news is, everybody... Diallo and Carl Walker-Peters were led to believe Could wow be in tent- contention For Sheffield United is, As I believe they're both back in training So that could be a little bit of a fillet ahead of the Sheffield United game. Yes but there's more Let's not read really too much into that because there's no team news yet But there's more bad news In that and you didn't
1: You obviously missed the article Oriol Romeo out for the Whole of the
0: season No I did actually say oh. that Romeo's out for the remainder of the season Which I was going to get to All right, we so Talking I'm... about the situation with <laughs> Callum Slattery but yeah, the bad news is, obviously, another injury. Oriol Romelu out to the end of the season with a f- fracture mark. Yeah. That that
1: the, the, the thing is, is I, I just think there's going to be games towards the end of the season, for me, that would suit uh, Romelu's battling instincts, yep. right? Because... Yeah. Sheffield United is one of them. As we're not... Yeah, and as we're not... Pushing the panic and button mark, and I refuse to do it till the you know even till the end of the season, right? But I think you and I both recognise that you know when we, when we, when you've got somebody who likes to get stuck end in, in the middle of the park, right? And you're you're battling against teams that have a never say die attitude, and Sheffield United's you know, one of those on Saturday, right? Oriol Rameu is definitely one of the troops that you want out on that pitch, you know, 100%. you know, on yep. on Saturday, and for him to be missing, and there's other games, other key six, you know, I don't like using the expression, but there's other relevant games the RC's in, right? Where yeah.
0: you know that Oriol Rameu would have been one of the first names on the team. And, right. and for me, Sheffield United is definitely one of those games where he would be... First plate, you'd run out there. You want him in 100%. for the Sheffield United game, 100, percent because yeah. that—that's one area you need to be strong against Sheffield United's midfield. Yeah, because as you say, they just don't quit, and you need to have a strong midfield against them. And that's what we managed to do. the last time we played them and beat them, is because our midfield was quite strong. Our midfield performer, yes. and you know, he was a key part of that. Anyway, yeah. So it's. Mah- massive blow Um, Ibrahim Diallo being back in training obviously is fantastic news stepped in and did a fantastic job when he came in that's great news so if he can come back in and inform he was in before he got injured great but um, yeah you never quite know they're going to come back when I've had an injury do you moving on all in this together Saints Foundation's online event takes place on Thursday evening so that'll be taking place tomorrow evening. Sorry, today, <laughs> this evening. I do apologise. Getting my days mixed up. So that'll be evening. this evening. Very good. And Ralph who and Marianne Spacey-Cow, the women's uh, coach manager, has been confirmed. They've both been confirmed to be joining a lineup of Saints legends. You can get your tickets for the event for just £25 on the Saints website. This is an online event. Tickets will be on sale until 6pm on Thursday evening. All proceeds going towards the Saints Foundation and what work they do to transform lives in and around Southampton. Hassan Hoot and Spacey Cow will be joining Kenzie Benali for a live Q&A at St. Mary's, giving fans an insight into both Saints managers. They'll be joined by current players Danny Ings and James Ward-Prowse, as well as old favourites Matt Letys, Franny Benali, Wayne Bridge, Terry Payne, James Beattie and Laurie McMenemy. Fans could also win some incredible prizes on the night with a silent auction for exclusive Saints match Merchandise and unique experiences, and there's also a captain's raffle with a range of James Wall Price memorabilia. So don't miss out on a memorable evening. Get your tickets today or tomorrow. Well, not not at all if you're so inclined. (laughs) So there we go. So that should be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's people who love the idea of having them in their own living room sort of thing. They're all sat down on the sofa. But, you know, part of me, you know, obviously, as you know, I live in, you know, Palatial surrounding yeah. more
0: detail, back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, so. I can think of, I can think of some of them that I'd like to be in my front room. I can think of others that I'd rather got out of my front room. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I do, I am I, joking. So anyway, that brings us to the end of the Saints Club News section today. So we're going to take another break, and when we come back it will be the second half and coming up for you in the second half today we're going to have other football news Saints in the press and transfer gossip and the Two Saints preview of Sheffield United versus Saints and the Two Saints preview of Saints versus Man City
1: The Two Saints show here on
0: Fiesta FM, tune in every Thursday for informative football chat and great tunes Welcome back everybody, so we're going to move into other football news now and we start with a very sad story Glenn Roder, former West Ham and Newcastle manager has died at the age of 65 after a long illness, the League Managers Association has announced Rhoda, who was a defender during his playing days, began his managerial career with a spout in charge at Gillingham He was also a coach in the England setup when Glenn Hoddle was manager The LMA said it was very deeply saddened at his death after a long battle with a brain tumour. Rhoda began his playing career at Leighton Orient before going on to represent QPR Newcastle, Watford and Gillingham He captained QPR, in fact, in the 1982 FA Cup final, which his side lost to Tottenham in a replay, and to the old Second Division title in 1983. He was also part of the Newcastle team that achieved promotion from the Second Division in 1984. Alan Shearer paid tribute to him, saying he was just a brilliant person. A cultured defender as a player, he managed with a studious style and was always generous with his time and ideas, said Alamey Chairman Howard Wilkinson. Glenn was such an unassuming, kind gentleman who demonstrated lifelong dedication to the game. Not one to court headlines, his commitment and application to his work at all levels warrant a special mention. Football has lost a great servant today and our sincere condolences go to Glenn's family and friends. He also led West Ham to a 7th place finish in the Premier League in 2002 before he was diagnosed sadly with a brain tumour in April 2003. He later had to have surgery and a period of recovery before returning to the dugout in July the same year. West Ham joint chairman David Sullivan and David Gold both said were both deeply saddened by the passing of Glenn, who was hugely respected and liked by everyone in the game. As a player, he enjoyed success with QPR and Newcastle, among others, before establishing himself as one of the country's top coaches with a well-owned reputation for developing young players, including the likes of Michael Carrick, Joe Cole, Glenn Johnson and Jermaine Defoe during his time with West Ham. Off the pitch, he was a loving family man and our sincere condolences go to Glenn's loved ones at this very sad time. And certainly sentiments for myself and Mark on Two Show, Echo. Oh
1: yeah, no, 100% man. I mean, just just to say Mark, I mean, Glenn Roder I actually remember him playing for QPR in the the 82 Cup final. Uh, Strangely enough, they were were. Cuppy Arbor playing in red that day. Uh, Tottenham playing in their away yellow. Um, but the thing that the thing that always stuck out about me with Glenn Rudder was that he was probably one of the first sort of centre halves that I seen that was comfortable with the ball at his feet. You know, before that, you know, you had centre halves who would who would head the ball or knock the ball long. They weren't always necessarily cultured on the ball. And I put Glenn in in, in that bracket. Uh, you know, he wasn't rough and ready, he wasn't rugged, he wasn't, you know, the sort of things that you probably would look at look for in a centre half before he was a cultured ball playing centre half. And and it sort of shone through when you think, you know, he'd been coached kind of by Terry Venables. And I think that's why when his playing career finished, you know, he went on the the coach. I mean, the thing is, as well as, you know, before he hung up his boots, obviously he, he was at Newcastle, you know, and I, and I know that the Newcastle fans, you know, they had a lot of time for the way that he played football. I mean, he had one move for, for attackers, which was known as the Rotor Shuffle, right? And apparently, you know, if you were studying the Gallagher end at Newcastle and he did this shuffle, you know, the, the fans used to applaud like mad, apparently. But, um, I mean, the other thing is, is I know he had a great and personal relationship with Paul Gascoigne, you know, and I know that, you know, when he, when he was up there, he tried to sort of shield Paul Gascoigne kind of like a father figure, you know, yeah. from from unwanted press intrusion and stuff like that, you know. But um, as I say, no, it's a, it's a sad loss. And, you know, it, like, you, like you say, he went on to be, you know, a really, really good coach, ma- manager. Um, but unfortunately, you know the brain tumour sort of curtailed that a bit, um, and yeah, it's just it's just really sad to hear the news. Really, you yeah. know. Actually,
0: no, absolutely. absolutely. Um, as you say, condolences to the family. It, it's very very sad. Yeah, into the into the West Ham contingent. You know, everyone at West Ham, everyone connected with West Ham, fans of West Ham, owners, everyone that knew. QPR, Newcastle. No, actually, absolutely, absolutely every team, every team he's involved with, coach managed. Any, any involvement in football at all. Anybody in football knew him, absolutely. Um, moving on to the to the next story, um, which equally is sad sad Um Ian St. John, former Liverpool and Scotland forward, Ian St. John has died at the age of 82 after a long illness. He joined Liverpool from hometown team Motherwell in 1961 for a club record at 37,500. Pounds. Cool, that puts some of the modern modern fees and wages into context. Blimey, blimey, £37,500. He played 425 games for the Anfield side, scoring 118 goals during a decade of service, won two top-flight titles and scored the decisive goal as Liverpool lifted their first FA Cup in 1965. He also earned 21 Scotland caps and managed Motherwell, and a lot of people wouldn't know this, he did actually manage Portsmouth. There we go, Saints fans, I bet a few of you didn't know that. He lastly enjoyed a very successful career as a TV pundit, teaming up with former England striker Jimmy Greaves to great effect to front the hugely popular Saint and Greasy show, which ran until 1992. <coughs> Excuse me. The St John family's statement said, It's with a heavy heart that we have to inform you that after a long illness we have lost a husband, father and grandfather. He passed away peacefully with his family at his bedside. We'd like to thank all the staff at Arrow Park Hospital for their hard work and dedication during these very difficult times. Premier League champions Liverpool are deeply saddened by the loss of a true Anfield legend. We can't afford not to buy him, was something that was famously said of Ian St John. St John's finishing prowess was evident from his early days at Mothwell. The club he'd watched as a supporter lifting the Scottish Cup for the first time in 1952, before joining five years later. His prolific record earned him international recognition and a move to Liverpool under fellow Scott Bill Shankley, where he soon became a fan's favourite. It's gone down in Liverpool mythology that when the board were reluctant to spend a record fee on the player, Shankley's reply was, we can't afford not to buy him. St John quickly began to prove his worth, scoring a hat-trick on his debut, a 4-3 defeat to Everton in the Liverpool Senior Cup. Within 12 months his 22 league goals had helped Liverpool secure the second division title. He matched the total in season 1963-64 as the Anfield men won their first top flight crown in 17 years, with a second title following two years later. Although perhaps his most iconic moment in the red shirt came at Wembley in 1965, when his headed winner in extra time overcame Leeds United 2-1 to give Liverpool their first FA Cup. He was a Scotland international by the age of 20 and netted nine times in 21 appearances for his country. After leaving Liverpool, he had short spells with South African sides, Hellenic and Cape Town City, either side of a season with Coventry City, before ending his to- playing days at Tranmere Rovers. <coughs> Excuse me, He returned to Motherwell, as manager in 1973, then moved on to Portsmouth before embarking on a successful career in broadcasting. Former Liverpool captain Jamie Carragher and Scotland skipper and Anfield fullback Andy Robson were among those to pay tribute. RIP Ian St John Carragher wrote, One of the players along with Bill Shankley who made this club what it is today. Robertson added, A man of warmth, humour, knowledge, wisdom, and joy. Scotland and Liverpool has lost a true giant. My love goes to his family. Rest in peace, Ian St. John. Absolutely. And I can't agree with those sentiments
1: more. I mean, I echo everything you just said, there Mark, at the end. But um, I, I just want to touch the I mean that this is my own sort of reflections on Ian St. John. I mean, the thing is, is he was the cornerstone to the start of the success for for Bill Shankly and Absolutely. you know, and you were right. I, mean, I actually remember the quote whenever he said about, you know, when, when the board balked at how much he actually was, yep. you know, uh, you know Shankly's reply was, "We're well, <laughs> <laughs> not the in And the yep. thing is, is his relevance to that team because I have seen footage, of, obviously, of the yep. cup final goal, yep. the, the FA Cup, right? now, obviously won two league championships. But what, but what I was going to say was, the analogy that I used with him, and I'm sorry if you're a younger sort of listener to the pod, right, is him moving to Liverpool, to me, was very, very much similar to when Kenny Douglas moved to Liverpool yeah. So, yeah. obviously Ian St. John made the move from Motherwell. Yeah. Yep. Um and I've got to say as well, I didn't. I've got to hold my hands up and say I didn't do manage Portsmouth. I must have missed that
0: okay. <laughs> I, well, can but, I just say to know, everyone? Can yeah, I just point out to everyone? Just while I remember, Mark, just point it out to everyone while I remember um, what I've just actually read out to you all was courtesy of Phil McNulty, the chief football writer for BBC Sport. It was an obituary he wrote in tribute to Ian St John and obviously we've used that to put out on the show today so what I've just read out came from that so um, Phil McNulty um, I hope I've managed to do it justice and I've managed to do Ian John, John, St John justice there hopefully Sorry Mark, yeah, carry on
1: was Also I was going to say Mark was like, but off the pitches obviously were I remember them most because obviously Ian St John so I think he was a Tramia Rovers the first season that I'd started taking interest in football so so um but obviously he'll always be fondly remembered for the the double act that was Saint and greasy. Um the the one thing that I loved as a kid well, not even as a kid, as a teenager young adult about him was was that he had a larger than life smile and his laugh whenever, you know Grieves, he would be as playful self you know. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sure that when he when he laughed, you know, at any of the events, you know, that he would go to. I'm sure his laughter filled the room, you know, because, uh, yeah. But uh, R.I.P. and St John definitely, and uh, to play, you know, football be
0: a smaller place without these people. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh- absolutely right and I think the world is a, a much sadder place for, for the number of people we've lost out of the game over the last few years yeah, so moving on to the last few years, years the last 12 months the last 12 been months been last few months well, it's been it's been 2-3 years Mark in fairness if you look back over it with former England players it's, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's good, been 2-3 years 12 months it's been a has been horrific period been yeah. well we're, we're we're living in a horrendous period as it is aren't we so let's just compound it even more exactly
1: I think
0: it magnifies, so everything. On to... it magnifies oh, everything as well, Mark, you know. Absolutely. And the last one of these stories, which is, um, it has been quite a sad section of the show today, so we'll get through this and then we'll move on to some other news as well. But I don't want to dumb this down at all and make make, make light of it because it's not a light situation. So, Peter Lorimer, Leeds United's record goal scorer is battling a long-term illness in a hospice at the moment. The club have announced the 74-year-old former Scotland international scored 238 goals in 705 appearances for Leeds over two spouse t- spanning 23 years. And anybody that ever mentions Leeds would immediately mention Peter Lorimer, to be fair. He won two league titles, the FA Cup and League Cup with Leeds under legendary manager Dom Reavy. Yeah, what a great team that was under Dom Mark, Fantastic times for them. In a statement, Leeds asked for privacy for Lorimer's wife, suit and family. Premier League side also thanked fans across the world for their wonderful messages of support. He won 21 caps for Scotland, played in all three of the matches at the 1974 World Cup, scoring in the 2-0 win against Zaire. Yeah, not many people score in the World Cup either, so there's one to tell your grandkids about always, isn't it, Mark? So, yeah, very sad news. Peter Lorimer, um, keep up the fight, Peter, and we hope you pull through. Yeah,
1: exactly. All all I was going to say, Mark, was reflections-wise and... uh, I wasn't a great fan, I've got to be honest, I wasn't a great fan of Don Reavy in the lead 70s team, right? But I was a bit of a fan of Peter Lorimer because he scored some Thunderbolt goals, and I mean Thunderbolt, his actual nickname was Peter Hotshot Lorimer, remember that, when I was a kid, that's what the nicknamed him, and... You know, he was one of those. He was one of those players that, when the ball was struck, it dead struck. And it, it, some of some of his goals, I mean, the balls just used to sear into the back of the net. You know. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope you know that there's some kind of recovery for him. You know. Um, yeah. But it, but it's very sad to use me. The other thing that I was just going to mention, just while we're doing all of this, I, I want to send speedy recovery wishes to Jimmy Case.
0: because apparently, Absolutely, yes, apparently Jimmy Case has caught COVID. So, yeah, um, I'm led Jim- to believe, Mark, that he's currently recovering from it. So, if you are Jimmy, um, we wish you all the best for the Tuesday show, obviously. Father of Liverpool goalkeeper Allison has drowned, so very sadly, and Southampton versus Brighton are going to be live on the BBC. Liverpool goalkeeper Alison Becker's father, Jose Agostino Becker, has died aged 57 in Brazil. Local Police Inspector Dorotillo do Feo said Becker drowned at a dam near his holiday home in Sul. I'd like to thank everyone for the messages and tributes to my beloved father, Alison said on Twitter. Our family feels loved by everyone. Liverpool said they're also deeply saddened by death and asked for privacy for Allison and his family. The thoughts of everyone at the club are with Alisson and the Becker family at this incredibly sad time and difficult time, Premier League champions tweeted. His former club international as well as fellow Brazilian side Fluminense where his brother plays have also expressed their sadness. His teammates Adrian and Virgil van Dijk both expressed their support on Instagram. The former writing, we're all with you, Hermano. Manchester United goalkeeper David De Gea also posted his condolences.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Um you know, the loo the lose apparent in those sort of circumstances were basically going out for a swim. And obviously we don't we don't know what's happened but he he's drowned. Okay. Um. Very, very sad. But uh, yeah, unfortunately,
0: these things happen in life, my friend. So, Premier League game against Brighton on Sunday, the 14th of March, will be shown live on BBC One, iPlayer, and the BBC Sports website. And the game kicks off at 12 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. What another 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. The, the, the thing is, the day is... Of normal kickoffs is long gone, Mark. It's probably it's probably good news for Mike because he doesn't like the Sunday kickoffs because it interferes <laughs> with Sunday with the misses. So there's a chance that we may have to be watching that one on the BBC rather than. Yeah, I was going to say them. we don't like Sundays either. <laughs> <laughs> it means you don't get a watch along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> no, I mean it's look, it's good, it's good news for the Saints fans out there. Hopefully, it's good news for the people that don't have Sky don't have BT in their homes like you know yeah
0: absolutely let's hope it's so, a covering game of football eh absolutely yeah well let's hope we get as good a result as we the last time we played them and Musa Gineppe scored that absolutely stunning goal on his debut. Wouldn't that be <laughs> nice? so? Moving on now to managerial appointments, and Sheffield Wednesday have named Darren Moore as their new manager. Ipswich Town have appointed Paul Cook as manager, and Leyton Orient have named JB Mackenough interim boss. Sorry, Mark, over to you. Right, Sheffield so, Wednesday yeah, named so Darren so Moore as manager.
1: Those three in a nutshell, basically. Darren Moore, strange one because Darren Moore has been fairly successful in his recruitment at Doncaster. They're in the playoffs at the moment. And and it just baffled me that he decided to take the Sheffield Wednesday job. Now, while Sheffield Wednesday's a, a huge club, right, they've got probably a lot more resources than Doncaster Rovers. You know, there is the, an analogy at the minute, Mark, because... Sheffield Wednesday are second from bottom in the championship, whereas obviously Doncaster's in the playoff places in League One. So Doncaster could be basically bypassing Sheffield Wednesday at the end of the season, then going up to the championship right. and Sheffield Wednesday going down, back down into League One again. Right. And and um you know, and I, I'm just wondering whether Darren Moore has made the right move. I, I get that it's a higher profile club and there's probably greater resources, but I actually thought that he was building something pretty good at Doncaster. But uh, but obviously he feels that he can go in and 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 lift, you know, Sheffield Wednesday to
0: their former glories. Yep. And um, talking of managers and former glories, um, Paul Cook, been appointed as manager of East Rich Town. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting. It's under rounds, of you, isn't he? Well, Paul Cook. Paul Cook's been
1: off. I've got. But be honest, he's been out since Wigan, right? He decided during the last season to leave Wigan, you know. And the first Tuesday, I mean, he'd done everything that he could, um, you know. And obviously, he was looking for the move on. In his managerial career, which kind of is far enough, um, but I the thing is, is he's took his time over this mark. Apparently, he had quite a few offers in the summer in terms of jobs that were offered to him, and they were turned down, or he probably didn't feel it was the right move for him. So, it'd be interesting to see because I'd, I'd say that Ipswich is a fairly high-profile appointment for him compared to probably some of the other jobs that he was being linked with and probably offered. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Obviously he he he's been appointed on the back of uh Paul Lambert. Um, I think I think Paul Cook was act- is actually was actually in as part of the backroom staff um, a few weeks ago. So obviously now he's been elevated the manager. Um the create sympathy for Paul Lambert because obviously he had COVID as well, and, but I think he'd reached the end of the line switch. I mean, the 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 fans particularly weren't happy in what they were seeing, and in fact, there was a there was a quote from uh, McMill's player who who does the summarising on the on the radio, you know, and he even remarked that you know. Ipswich were in a pretty low and sad place at the moment. So, hopefully, you know, with the appointment of the new manager, it can galvanise. But the ironic thing about they actually sacked uh, Paul Jewell on the Saturday, and it was off for of the back of winning two, a 2 1 win, you know. And I thought to myself, a uh, you know, Alan Pardew, you, you know, winning 4
0: 0 at Bristol Rovers, and yet we still sacked them. Yeah, that turned out to be quite a uh, turned out to be quite a result for him, didn't it? That 4 <laughs> 0. Anyway. So, um the last one is Leighton Orient, name McEnough as interim boss. Yeah, I mean look,
1: the the thing that's sort of interesting from this point of view is obviously he's one of the elder statesmen in terms of players at Leighton Orient. And, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting appointment. I mean it's a good it's a good uh Chance for Joby to sort of cut his, cut his cloth in the management game. Obviously, it's something that he's he's wanted to get involved in. Um, and look, I wish him all the best. I mean, you know, when, when I lived up in London, I mean, Leighton Orient was one of my local clubs. So hopefully, you know, he can he can do good, a good job for them. I mean, I think. The end of the day for Leighton Orient, it's all about making sure that they're consolidated in League Two for the, for this season and then maybe see where they go, you know, from next season. But basically, making sure that they stay in the leagues the main game, like you know. But good luck, Jody Mackenough. I mean, he, I always thought he was a decent footballer. I mean, I remember when he was playing for Reading and I think he even had spells at West Ham and Watford. But I remember him particularly at Rand and you know, certainly a good player and hopefully he'll
0: prove to be a good player manager for late That's really right. Yeah, right. So. Right. Moving on to other football headlines. So we've got um, World Cup 2030 bid backed by government. Jiangsu FC Chinese football in chaos as Super League champions cease operations immediately. So, um, yeah, I just think there's a few Saints fans starting to sweat a little bit now as well, Mark, on that one. So, World Cup 2030 bid backed by the government. So, yes, uh, UK and Republic of Ireland associations back the UK government's support for bid. <laughs> Boris Johnson says it's the right time for the UK and Republic of Ireland to launch a joint bid to host the 2030 World Cup. They will reportedly pledge 2.8 million to kickstart the process in Wednesday's budget. Oh, that's generous of them.
1: Yeah, I think one of one of the things that interested me about this story, Mark, was the fact that I, I they also at the same time have offered UEFA uh, right the opportunity for to have the Euro Championships this summer in England, yep. right, George. or in, Brit- in Britain, sorry, right, and one of one of the stadiums that they've actually spoken about hosting some of the games. Is St. Mary's. So it got, me, it got me thinking along the lines of, you know, on the back of if the Euros was to be played here this summer, right? Would St. Mary's. And I, and I thought about it, actually, there's a good chance that St. Mary's could be one of the stadiums that would be it's, used if there was a It's
0: called. been used before. Um, I've seen Wayne Bridge play at St Mary's for England I've seen James Beattie play there for England um, We've seen the women's team there play there We've seen other World Cup players playing there And World Cup teams playing there So yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly Well, it wouldn't happen? You know, it's happened before so, uh, Finger, we've fingers, got the, cross, uh, fingers crossed, mate fingers Absolutely crossed. Wouldn't that be nice? A bit of international football at St Mary's Not like we are not like to see any from Saints anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> Anyway Reigning Chinese Super League Champions Yangtze FC have ceased operations three months after winning their first league title. The club's owner, Suning, also owning into Milan. Jiangsu is hoping to find a new backers. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Milan fans are probably thinking, don't pull out. All, of, all I'm going to say about this, right, is get your yeah. head around this one,
1: right? So, yep. so that, this, the, this is the owner's right, yep. of the Chinese Super League Championship, yep. our champions, right, yep. and they have pulled the plug yep. on that club. They've absolutely pulled Not the up. plug. Yep. Right? Night. And, but they haven't pulled the plug on the other club that they own, which is in and their club. Gonna... Yep. Right? Now, explain something to me, Mark, right, like I'm absolutely stupid here, <laughs> right, but I thought we couldn't get money out of China. Right, and yet, and yet, they're obviously putting all their resources in the intermala. So the Chinese government can't be that happy because they're encouraging, they're encouraging all their people to withdraw from international and concentrate on domestic stuff and keeping in in
0: China, keeping their money in China. So the Nanyang based retailer, one of China's biggest, um, which also owns Italian Serie A club, Inter Milan, earlier in February said it intended to focus on core businesses, leaving non-retail assets at risk. Those <laughs> assets include Yangsu FC, but also also potentially include Inter Milan, because they own them as well. But it is an interesting one. and um, Yeah, for me, they're just putting I, their money out I, of that the, and putting it into Inter Milan.
1: The, the, the point from my point of view, and this is yep. more from a science point of view, is... They've put the plug on their domestic champions, right? Yeah, you know, and and the Chinese government has been encouraging people to keep their money in China, right? And they don't want them to go and go and invest in sports clubs, which was yep. one of the biggest problems with with Mister Guy, right? But it's clear that they, that, that as owners of Inter Milan, they can they can get their money out of the country. They must right. be able to because they've already yep. said that their focus is on Inter Milan, yeah, exactly. and obviously not on the domestic champions who are now folded as yeah. a football club. Yeah, exactly. So, what what do you believe? You know what I mean? What what do you actually believe? You know all yeah, this nonsense yeah. about oh he can't get his money out of the country. Yeah, you
0: know. Yep. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and yeah, as I said, I but think a lot of people's ears probably went doing when they heard it. but There we go. But it's bizarre. It makes me it think to myself: how, has the bottom actually
1: fallen out of the Chinese league? <laughs> yeah. And there won't be play, there won't be paying the kind of wages that oh. there have been previously because clubs are. You know, going to the wall, or they're deciding to put their focus elsewhere. Well, I mean, obviously, there's more kudos in being the owners actually, of Inter Milan than, well, than being the, you know, the managers or the owners of the uh, domestic champions
0: in China. Well, if that's the case, Mark, I would say that Graciano Pella left China at just about the right time.
1: <laughs> and he knows it. And he knows <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Grass isn't always greener, but in that occasion, it was definitely. Yeah. So the so it's a lot well yeah, the grass so is certainly greener in thicker. The grass is certainly a lot greener in Juventus, isn't it? It's yeah. a lot cleaner. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot um, greener in in Italy. Sorry. Anyway. That brings us to the end of that section for the show for today. So we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to be doing Saints in the Press and Transfer Gossip. It's the two marks, C&H, on the Two Saints Show, Fiesta 95FM. Welcome back, everybody. So, Saints in the Press. Ralph Hasenhutl warns Southampton over current lack of squad depth and quality. Ralph Hasenhutl saying... Ralph Hassan saying injury hit Southampton can't rely on youngsters, I think that is. I'm oh, sorry, the headline didn't come up then for some reason. Oh, uh, you can be sure the Saints will stave off a relegation fight, how Ralph Hassan says. says. Uh, you can be sure we'll find the way out, is what he said. PSV regret Tadic, coin throw instant. Jan Benrick urges Southampton to show courage. Ralph Hassan provides encouraging injury update on Diallo or Peter's, but Walcott is set for another month out. There's your first lot, Mark. Rafael wants thanks over current lack of squad depth and quality.
1: Right, so basically, I don't know where we're going to go with this, really, because we spoke about it earlier in the pod. Really, yeah, uh, it, it was just where he had been kind of misquoted as well, or or he feels like he's been misquoted because and we've, we've touched on it. It's basically. You know, he he's more or less saying that he did want a small squad, and he did want quality within yep. the small squad. But the, yep. the thing is, is yep. like, you know, as as we've just mentioned, you know, he's talking about he wanted players of quality, and he didn't yep. want to be delving into the youngsters as yep. much. Yep. And I and, yep. I and I I didn't think at the start of the season that that was what he was driving at more. Then yep, what people, absolutely. you know, this quote about, you know, he wanted yep. to work with a small, cl- a small squad and everything
0: else, you know, so yep, I'm with you 100%, yeah 100%, so um, yeah, Ralph Hassan, who obviously off the back of that warned that Saints can't rely on young youngsters, yeah, absolutely right, can't rely on youth on that one, I agree on that one he's also said, we can be sure we'll find a way out, he's confident Saints will pull clear PSV regretted tell it's going for an instant yeah and Bednarek urging Saints to show more courage, and Ralph provides an update on Diallo. We actually spoke about the fact those two are back in contention, but obviously yeah. it looks like Wilcott's out for a bit longer.
1: Yeah, I mean just just on there, you know, he's confident that he found a way. Out. I, I mean, yep. all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is I'm confident that we'll find find a way out. The Bednarek article was more to do with him turning. It, it was kind of a rallying cry that it was, it, you know. Yep in terms of sense, you know, they needed to have strong minds and strong hearts to get themselves out of the current malaise. And, and it's true, you know, they need to show a bit of fortitude and, and you know, to get out of the current impasse that they're in. Um, and, and it, you know, obviously we're all concerned that we're, you know, they're not, they're not showing, they're showing a, a weak kind of mentality, really. Um, you know, in in the sense that probably confidence is a little bit on the floor. You know, I don't, don't want to be too much of a doom and gloom, but but I yep. do think that you know, as I as I keep saying on the pod and on in the on the show, you know, as long as as long as people are coming back and we're getting back up to some sort of
0: strength, then yes, I do, I do think that we'll put it together. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, I agree with that. If you know Walker out for longer, Mark, the will compete fit. That's great. Good news, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's excellent news, cool. man. I mean,
1: it's just it's just good news all round. I mean, hopefully... Absolutely. The thing is, is you wonder, because you do wonder that they're going to be forced into coming in on Saturday, uh, you know, because we don't have any yep. other options, really. Uh, it's a question yep. of whether they're going to be ready or not. Um and what I don't want to see is obviously them breaking down again or picking up another injury because then it sets them back another
0: few weeks but we'll just have to wait and see what happens yep and we move on to the Saints transfer gossip section. Stoke City boss transfer claim regarding Southampton man played down after report reveals that summer break clause. This is Angus Gunn. I'm Stoke saying he's going to carry, he's going to rejoin, and blah blah blah. Well, there's actually a break clause in his contract over the summer, so I wouldn't count your chickens, Stoke fans. It may not be happening, and I wouldn't count your chickens, Saints fans, thinking he's going permanently because that might not happen either. Also, Saints, I'm. For Chelsea's Abraham, is that Tammy Abraham? It's an interesting yes. one. What? Southampton a leading chase for summer street for attacker with ten goal involvements this term. Graham Nunes claims outstanding. Tottenham linked player should be at a bigger club. Be quiet, Graham Nunes. <laughs> no one cares. You're irrelevant. Hang
1: on, hang on, you can't be- the thing is, is, Mark, it's a two-way street. This <laughs> show, right? You can't make a comment once you've read a headline because you've already read the story. I'm right? joking. Okay, so come on, come on, right? So go. I'm back joking. To, I'm right, joking. Sans Sands here, right? So going back to the to the top story, which
0: was Stoke City boss transfer claim regarding Saints man yeah, I made mean, right after report reveals that some are break laws. The one, the one thing that I was going to say about that was,
1: I agree with you, I mean, look, you know, Saints can call him back in the summer if they want to. Obviously, Stoke were under the, the misapprehension that they basically had the player till the summer of 2022. I mean, that may still turn out to be the case. It just depends what, you know, where Stoke are in the table, what's happening, you know, in terms of are they going to be in the playoffs or are they not going to be in the playoffs and stuff like that, you know. Um, and the thing is, is there's a good chance that Angus may be coming back as, as you know, as a number two potentially because I think Fraser's contract's up in the, in the summer. Although I could be wrong on that one. But um, no, actually, it's, it's tw- uh, 2022, his contract's up. So, you know, but... Um, you never know. He could he could come back, in some guys. I mean, anything's possible in relation to our our goalkeeping situation at the moment. You know, but um, yep. yeah. And then just going on the other stories, the me, Tammy, I mean, <laughs> I laugh, but I both okay. the this man. I, I mean, we'll tell you if if Danny Eggs is going right and Tammy Abraham is coming in, I would take that all day long. Right, because I do think that that he is a quality player, and if he plays the games, he'll score goals. I think one of the problems that he has is that he's, in terms of being at Chelsea, he's very similar to what Chelsea already have in the sense that there's a guy called Olivier Giroud, who's a very, very yep. similar centre forward to Tommy oh. Abraham's. And it's usually either... I he see a far bigger issue, Mark. Yeah, the wages and the transfer fee, I Well, no, well, it's then, just then, this is that, why. the this, value. Is why, this is why I laughed at it more, because I thought, hang on, who's come up with this? He's who's come up with this? Yeah, so I mean, brace yourself, everybody. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know, I did dream a little bit of thought. Hang on. Yeah, Danny eggs for Tommy Abraham. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> right, but but then yeah. obviously you sit there and you go hang on a minute. You go, there's there's no way that Tommy Tommy is joining yeah. up for everyone listening. I in. believe he's on a hundred and twenty thousand or hundred and
0: ten thousand pound a week. Yeah, everyone listening in, he's valued at thirty six million quid. You can forget that one. Saints got <laughs> no money. We're certainly not paying thirty six million quid for tammy Abraham anytime soon. I can tell you that now. As Ralph said. Time to stop dreaming and get realistic. <laughs> so, anyway. And Southampton are interested winner. in the summer move. Yep, Southampton interested in summer move for the Liga attacker. Saints are interested in making a potential move to sign Levante winger Jorge de Frutos. <laughs> <laughs> Jorge de F- Fruit Loop in the summer transfer window Who's Saints Lina Q of Sides. Sorry. <laughs> All I can it's think a, is you Jorge de Fruit Loop. I've, I've had a look get a Mark, and I, I would say,
1: Owen, to We have struggled wide this season, right? Namely because one of the mainstays of the team, whether supporters like it or not, is Nathan Redmond. And, you know, his form has been non-existent. Yes, Nathan Teller's come in at times and done well. Giannepo's been a bit in and out. So you know, is this a realistic target in terms of maybe bringing in that quality that's needed? You would probably have to say yes, you know. Um yep. Whether we can afford it or not, who knows? Because who knows what money Danny Ings is going for? And, and let's remember also, you know, if Rand Bertram's going out the door as a keeper Britain, we've got to replace him as well in yep, the summer.
0: Yep. It's going to be a busy summer then, isn't it? Yep. So, the last story obviously <laughs> is Graham Surnis. Let's get into yeah, this. Graham Surnis claiming outstanding Tottenham Link player should be a bigger club. Is he were talking about Danny Ings, by any chance? What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> now, the wave you and boil your head, as Mark would say. <laughs> I've got to be honest, smart, right? And then this one goes out
1: to the people who may not realise, right? But although. Graham Souness was a Saints manager and I thought he would have held his tongue, right? Because he doesn't normally come out against people that were former employers, right? But then I thought about it and I thought, hang on a minute, because something that younger Saints fans may not realise, right? Graham Souness started his career at Tottenham before he moved to Middlesbrough and then he moved to Liverpool. So, You know, don't be that surprised that he's come out and sort of said, oh, Danny Ings needs to further his career because he's way too good for Southampton Football Club. And when you hear stuff like that being said and comments like that, that is how it comes across. But I just thought he would have held his tongue
0: bearing in mind that Saints are one of his former employers. Graham, he was too good for your club. That's why we signed him for 20 million quid. Cheers tell me i'm wrong mark tell me i'm wrong <laughs> right anyway that brings us to the end of that section so we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to do the two saints preview of sheffield united versus Saints, and saints versus man city Right, welcome back everyone to the last section of today's show the two saints preview of sheffield united versus Saints. last time out this season and the last trip to the place saints cruised past the place to go th- Third, Blaze must go. Must wise up after Say's defeat was what Chris Wilder said last time out. So yeah, um, I would have been a lot more confident, Mark, if they'd not beaten Villa last night. I probably wouldn't have been quite so concerned about it. But um, oh, do you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure how to go on this one. So I'm actually going to go. Do you know what? I'm going one-one.
1: And you did it. Uh, and I was going to go, see, you do this to me every time. You have to pick some first, then I'm left for the beaten do I don't <laughs> think it make any difference I who goes first. Scraps. Sorry, I I'm left for the scraps, but I think I agree with you, man. I, I think it's probably got draw written all over it. And if it hasn't got draw written all over, it's probably 1 0 to him. But the thing is, his last, yep. last night as well, Sheffield United one with 10 men because Phil Jagielka yeah. got sent off. Oh, uh, God,
0: this worse.
1: Saints can't beat nine I, men. I keep saying the people that keep quoting oh. the record. Yes, I get that they've only won five games, well, six now. But the thing is is that they have an unbelievable fighting spirit. And when they're losing games, they're, only, they're always in the game. They're not, you know, they That's haven't right. befallen the sort of defeats that we have right. this season. Yep.
0: Um, and I don't want to mention... But the thing is, you'll have fans looking at, you'll have fans looking at it going, Ah, oh, we've beaten 3-0 at St Mary's. Yeah, when we had fans in. Yeah. We and, got our fans and then, in. And when we were third in the table, Mark, don't forget that. Yeah, thing. and when we had a fully fit squad. And confidence was brimming. Confidence was brimming. Yeah, not only that. Not only that. We had a fully fit squad and players that were firing. Adam scored, Armstrong scored, Redmond scored. And assists were from Bednarek, Ings and Romeo. So, you know, we had a full plethora, plethora of players. They were all fit, all far in, and we were, were doing really well. And we were surfing the crest of a wave, quite literally. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, a very it difficult going
1: now. now. And we're talking three months down the line, right? And now, now, it's like, it's, because to me, to me, I know I haven't given a prediction and I'm going to give i I'm going to go nil-nil seeing as you went 1-1. One, one. Okay. But, all, all, all I'll say from my point of view, right? It's a must not lose. It's not a must not win. Yep. It's a must not lose. Correct. You know, because I, yep. I, I just think at the end of the day, we we need the target. Yes, we need the target points on the road against teams that we we'll come up against, and that, and to me, that's not losing. That's all about yep. not losing, yep. right? And yep. then with the home games. With the home games that you look at that are winnable, it's about winning your home games with yeah, the winnable games, you know. And and on the road, it's about picking up the points that yeah. you know. I'm not I'm not losing games of football that you're not expect. You know that hopefully
0: you're not expecting to lose. Absolutely, and as also said, she. For anybody else who remembers, Nigel Adkins, I believe it was famous, he said words along the lines of football is just as much about psychology as it is about effort and skill, pretty much. And I sort of certainly agree with that. I believe it was something along those lines that Nigel said. And um, I happen to agree with him. And I think there is a psychological issue.
1: Yes. And, and, <laughs> you've got to try and take some hope in that and you've got to try yeah, and take absolutely. some hope in Hopefully Diallo and Walker-Peters are playing. Absolutely. But also you'd be yes. saying within that, hopefully that they are fit to play. And it's not Saints running the risk. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's the thing. But um, you know, let, let's hope that we can nick a win from somewhere. But it, it all this nonsense about... Oh, we should be able to turn over Sheffield United because of their record. And I've heard that on a lot of podcasts this week. Do you know what? If it's it, not it going to be as straightforward
0: as that. It's not going to be as all easy. I'm say, Marcus, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is, right, if it comes to it, I don't care about pretty football. I don't care how many much possession we've got. I don't care how many times we want to knock the ball backwards, sideways, whatever. Let's get a win and let's do it the ugly way if we have to. But let's get the three points. I don't care about pretty football. No offense to Ralph. Don't care about pretty football. Get a result. If you have to yeah. play ugly football to do it, play ugly football. We need a result. We need to turn the corner. Play ugly football if you have to.
1: Like I you don't said care. off record. Like you said off the record. A lot yeah. of a lot of what goes on in football in terms of on the pitch, you know, it's in the head with the footballers, yeah. right? And like like said, I think was- that is the time for
0: strong minds and strong That's hearts. Right. And um, you know, as I said to you, we, had the job, done. we should go on with the players and hopefully we'll be able to, as, as Jan Bednarek says, man up a bit, show some courage, get the free points. Right, coming up now, the Two Saints preview of Saints versus Man City. And in the fixtures last season, we had 19th December 2020, we had Southampton-Neil-Man City One And in the reverse fixture, it was 2-1 to City, unfortunately. An early goal from Southampton. I think it was James Ward-Prowse. Carl Walker-Peters did very well. Man City Saints. Um, I think this is a tough one. Very tough ask, um, given our injuries and everything else. But if we can get as close to a full-strength team as possible, and they're up for it, we can give anyone a game. But my worry is the psychology at the club at the moment and the players' mentality. My concern is the second we go behind at the moment or get any sort of negative, we seem to just fold and just collapse worse than the England batting order. So for me, the mentality is so fragile, Mark. I'm not convinced if City take the lead that we'll come back into it.
1: I like the analogy there, Mark. Very good. The key to kind of even trying to predict this result would be what happens... You know, on Saturday, yeah, absolutely, Sheffield United. If they if they get a win, you know, they're boy bet. Maybe even if they get a result, they're boy bet. But you know, if they're coming in off the back of another defeat, then even I, I would venture to say that even with a full strength team, you know, because it's the mindset. You know, yep. and uh, funny enough, it goes back to the cricket at the minute. It is the mindset, yep. Yep. Um, but yeah. So it's really hard to predict what's sort of going to happen. Um, although we, the, the the one thing that I would say is is the last games that he played at the RFH was against Wolves uh, during this week and. It was 1-1 up until about the last five minutes and then City ran in three goals. So I don't want to see a repeat of our last performance at the FE Hot because no. it was something similar. You yeah. know, we went in front early doors and, looked, I mean, we looked fairly resolute, to be honest. Um, and then obviously they they scored um, about 15 minutes to go and then they scored the winner with was three or four minutes left mm. on the clock. You know, it, it leaves you kind of deflated. But I, I think I'm gonna go with another draw. I know I said Sheffield United would be a draw as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one-one. And, and it's very much the heart ruling the head, because because the head is saying massacre at dawn, right? Whereas <laughs> whereas the heart is very much saying. That squeeze something
0: out of it. <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> all joke aside, I just look. I just want to see a performance for ninety minutes, committed performance. If they play with commitment and they play with energy and they play with passion, they give it the full effort for ninety minutes, and we just lose because Man City are a better team and play better on the day. Can't argue with that. I think- you know, when Saints are on it, when they when their mindset's right and they've got a fully fit team and they're up for it, they can beat anybody. I don't really care how we play against Sheffield United. I don't care if we play ugly. I don't care if we're playing long ball. If we get a result against Sheffield United by not playing pretty football, I won't care. If we get a result against Man City from not playing attractive football, I won't care. If if having 20% possession and actually winning the game means we'll win the game, fantastic, rather than... 78 pos- possession and going down 3-1, to be yeah, fair. It's
1: funny It's funny you should mention that, but any time that we've actually won a game, we've had less possession.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: The games where we've had more possession, just, we've ended up losing. I guess, what I was going to say, Mark, was, was, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic because, yeah, me for me, the recent performances haven't been yeah, too absolutely, bad. Absolutely. I mean, I think... One of the problems with the Everton game was we conceded fairly early on, and obviously that rocked us back in the heels a bit. You know, as as I said, we only really started playing football in the last 15 minutes, which, although it was disappointing, um, but, you know, the the only game really recently that I haven't been happy about with Saints was the Leeds performance, because I... Unlike other people, other people felt that nil nil at half time, and I was I was just sat there thinking to myself, I didn't see enough even during that first half to suggest that it was going to be anything other than a Leeds
0: victory. Well, um, the only thing I, concerns I, me. The only thing concerns me is how blunt we are in attack at the moment. Yeah, well, that worries me. One
1: hundred percent. I mean, Ralph alluded to it himself yep. where he's turned around and said, you know. There has been moments where opportunities haven't been taken. And he has said, even at the moment, that they're not creating enough chances. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, it's a problem, obviously, that hopefully he's going to have a, have addressed it. And, you know, at the end of the day, they've had a whole week this week oh, to work on things. And hopefully we'll yep. see that in both games this week.
0: Mario didn't ever look like his head was really in it Saints, did he? In fairness.
1: There's a player there, but I think yeah. I think I think at the end of the day it was a case of
0: you know, he'd be brilliant one week yeah. and then you wouldn't see him for the next three or four. But that's the problem. We need people that perform consistently and people saying, Oh, well, you know, Vikings is not here and Valerie's not here. Listen, these players aren't even getting in the teams they're online with. Does that not tell you something, people? Yeah, no, don't I'm get not, me I'm wrong. Not... Jan Valery has played in the Premier League, so he's got a bit of quality about him. I'm not debating that, but if these guys cannot get in the starting 11 for a Championship team or a lower league team, then that kind of says to you maybe they're not Premier League quality. Or, and that sounds or... harsh on both of them. It probably does sound harsh on both of them, but if you can't get in the starting 11 of the team you're on loan at, what was the point of going online there in the first place? I'm gonna just you on know? that point, and then we're gonna wrap it up because yep. we're meant to be talking about a preview of the match. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. But we've
1: gone off. Well, on. it all has an impact, yeah. doesn't it? But, but, and, and I've, i I know I've said this on the pod yep. today, but, but I'm gonna say it again. I mean, the thing is, is that the fact that that Ramsey has signed a new contract, right? That tells me that the club see him as being the number two to Ken Walker Peters next season. And I just sit there and I'm thinking, no, just Just no, stop it. Stop Stop telling us that everybody that comes out of our football club, you know, their shit doesn't stink. You know what I mean? I I just, I don't get it. You know, because, well, all I'll say is this. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that's happening, um, and Jake Fulkens probably will come back from his loan spell, probably not having yep. had enough uh, game time, and he probably be the understudy to whoever the first choice left back is yep. next season. And I hope, yep. it, you know, I've got, I've got to be honest, I think it is time that we moved on from Ryan Bertram and. Yep. You know, someone else was there for next
0: season. So yeah. Anyway, Mark's gone. Uh, a draw, Man City. Yes, I think well, Mark's it's... gone one-one. Um, I've gone one-one as well. So we both agreed on that one. I mean, I'd take two points from both those games to be fair, Mark, because it'd be so, better than losing. You know. So would I, mate. But, I mean,
1: it's it's like you're saying at the minute. You know, to me, the away games are must not lose. Yeah, right? actually, it's a must not lose mentality for me the away games, and then, you know, the home, the home matches to me is where you go out and you play your expansive
0: football. Brings us to the end of the preview of sites
1: versus Matty. That's goodbye from me, and until next week, I hope you've enjoyed today's show,
0: but until next week, please, people, keep well and stay safe. Absolutely right, and all that's left for me to say is here are the details of how to access the podcast version of the show just to remind you all you can contact us via our email address the two saints podcast show at outlook.com for questions or items you'd like to hear in future shows you can listen to the radio show on fiesta 95 fm in southampton and via online radio box.com. also the two saints podcast show is now available via spotify overcast acast apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, deezer iHeartRadio, radio amazon music or via our facebook page the two saints show and our youtube channel the two saints podcast show and my final word please join us again next week when the two saints go marching in again thanks very much